0: Welcome to the Navigating Magic podcast, where we explore the interplay between intuition, spiritual health, and your superconscious through conversations, interviews, and storytelling. Natasha teaches you how to generate change through your attention to energies, truths, and processes that are invisible to others. Together, we will explore the interplay between alchemy, astrology, and theurgy. I'm your host, Natasha Andreo. Hello, everybody, and I'm so glad you're here today because my next guest, Anna Busquay, happens to be a talismanic altar art creator and an alchemist um, on all levels. So welcome, Anna. It's so lovely to meet you.
1: Hi, Natasha. Thank you so much for having me.
0: What drew me to asking you to, to be a guest on my podcast was your art because there are artists out there and then there are artists out there. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm really, really um, so keen to hear about your story in terms of how you got your art to come out into the world and I know you've had some amazing successes over the last year that I'm sure there has been
1: a journey (laughs) to get to oh yeah there has certainly been a journey (laughs) um well yeah when I started uh dabbling in art um I mean really it's been my whole life but in a more meaningful way um you know as a teenager and I actually was developing a really really strong relationship with nature. <laughs> um and there were certain trees and landscapes and and rivers and lakes that were really um really impactful in shaping me into who I was becoming and um I just felt a lot of safety and security in these spaces and I felt like I could um I felt like I really belonged with these elements. And um, and so I actually started <laughs> creating art that reflected this connection that I was feeling, that was a very primal connection that um, I wasn't really observing my peers or people around me really having. Um, it felt very unique and um, just really special. And um, so yeah i would you know go to the forest and have an incredible experience that just touched me on a spiritual level and then i'd go home and draw it <laughs> and, so,
0: yeah. that is so thought-provoking because too many i i think well for me at least um I wish I had more time to, to do that. And so it just seems like you've been able to harness this from a very early age. And so it's just now become a part of your nature.
1: Exactly. That is exactly right. Um, you know, when you're a teenager, you actually have a lot of time, <laughs> even though you're exhausted from school and you're just like, you know, going crazy with hormones and everything. <laughs> um yeah, I just, I found it to be one of the most important things in my life was to cultivate this relationship and see all the magic that it was just waiting to share with me. Um, and it really just became even more meaningful as I brought it into my artistic work. And um, so, you know, my my paintings started to kind of personify nature in a way, or I would kind of be blending human qualities with um, natural qualities you know um creating like a woman made out of a tree or like, <laughs> um a mountain range made out of just like bodies just overlapping with each other and um yeah so it kind of started there and then i started getting really into astrology so like this um this really meaningful relationship that i was having with the earth below was starting to become reflected in the heavens above and um and then you know it just started to get this really magical quality to it and um i started studying planetary magic and that's kind of when it all just blew up
0: <laughs> that's,
1: that's <laughs> um
0: i'm so curious did you invoke any particular planet for, for help like did you turn to mercury or saturn i'd, I'd love to hear i
1: about. definitely did <laughs> yeah um well when i created my altar card deck celestial influence um i was working personally with all of these archetypes so um you know i remember the first card i i did was the aries card and i started drawing it on the full moon in aries and um and i also have my moon in aries so it's kind of this like and it was full when i was born so it's kind of this like really rich um talismanic quality to the piece and it just kind of kept on going from there um And I really got to know all of those archetypes so deeply because of the the artwork that I was creating for them uh, in honor of them. And um, yeah, just working with their symbols and um, just really attuning to the qualities of them that lived within myself in my own psyche and my own body. And um, that was really, an incredible journey <laughs> of like self-discovery for me really uh creating that altar card deck and that's that's kind of how all of my work has become since then
0: that's that's amazing because I think the unfolding happens um it's very layered you could say and you, mm-hmm. you never go in thinking this is what it's going to look like you know you, you have obviously an idea but it seems like you become the conduit for channeling the the energies and the frequencies and then your finished work becomes the absolute, um, you know, symbol for the personified uh, vision that you had.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, You know, anytime that I got stuck uh, because, you know, like you get writer's block, you also get (laughs) stuck as an art, visual artist, Um, but I'd go to the forest and I would invoke that archetype that I was working with and just ask them like how do you want to be represented by me (laughs) you know and I'd either get like a sign you know like a certain bird would come into my view or just like the wind would pick up or you know there's just like something would happen and I'd get a vision and I'd go home and just like get that vision down on paper (laughs) Amazing! oh magical yeah it really is
0: so I'm like, I'm curious, are you, um, would you consider yourself like sensitive to the energies around you, seeming that you've attuned yourself to nature so much, and it's so natural to you? Like, ha- how, how do you navigate some of the external influences that aren't necessarily in your control?
1: Yeah, um, I definitely identify as a highly sensitive person, <laughs> uh, just like down to my body, like my body's incredibly sensitive to, um, you know, external forces. Um, but really, I think over the years, I've developed a greater capacity as what it is. I've developed a capacity to hold things, um, external things that come into my sphere, um, just with more grace and patience and um, a desire to understand it more you know mm. um, so yeah uh, I think I used to operate from a place of just a judgment a lot you know like things were very black and white like good or bad <laughs> and now things are more on a spectrum of what I am like willing to accommodate in my world and what I am um, just willing to like hold space for it in order to understand it better. Um, so, yeah, yeah,
0: from what you're saying, it seems like you become a little bit um more detached from like the realities at play because you understand that that life there's there's this bigger, you know, I don't want to just call it a journey, but there's a bigger force at play. And when we zoom out, that's where the magic is,
1: <laughs> absolutely. And I love that um that metaphor, so much of zooming out and seeing the bigger picture because I do feel like um, yes, we have a lot of free will, and we also are um, we're dancing with forces that are outside of our control
0: <laughs>
1: and And I like to honor those forces, even if, you know they might feel negative to me um, they're there for a reason and they often are helping us to uncover some kind of medicine or um, truth within ourselves that wouldn't have been exposed otherwise.
0: Of course and I think we've um, as a society like I know you're in the states and I'm in Australia but we can say that like in the western world especially we're being taught um, from a very early age to, to just to follow certain structures and systems because that's the way it is. But the more we become attuned to, number one, our own um, our own spirit, our own soul, and then attuning our essence with nature, you learn that there's a big disparity between following certain, certain systems and structures and then following your own way. So like Mm -hmm. I'm very curious from a very early age um, that like your schooling experience, like being a natural born artist, for instance, did you find school to be a bit of a struggle?
1: School was my biggest life struggle. (laughs) I mean, um, it all went uphill from school, you know, Um, I was an incredibly depressed teenager. (laughs) which is understandable, you know? Um, I mean, for me, it's like almost hard to imagine how how kids can't or like aren't depressed in that kind of um, environment that is so like detached from their like subjective experience mm-hmm. and um, detached from their bodies, their needs, their desires, um, real connection, you know? Um, yeah, I, I always just felt like a number when I was in school, and it was just heartbreaking to me every day.
0: <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Like I'm a high school teacher. Well, I was a high school teacher. Ooh. I no longer stay in um, something that didn't resonate with with my values and and my truth. And so it it's one of the things that I I feel really strongly about. And I have a feeling in the next few years. Um, Given what we know about the, the, you know, some of the planetary influences coming up, that um, a lot of artists, creators, musicians, that their place in school as it is now, it's going to change. And it's it's my hope and and vision that it will evolve over the, the next few years because the current system is broken and we can no longer sustain it because the the statistics speak for themselves and it's so unfortunate that I guess our generation was a part of that but you know the only way out of it is to get through it
1: absolutely and and we can learn from those experiences like I'm sure that you as a high school teacher were not like a lot of the teachers that Um, you had in school right (laughs) Uh, you're probably much more um, attuned to each of your students' needs and um, and their gifts, and wanting to help them to evolve those gifts. And you know that, that that just like wasn't my experience, except for maybe a couple of teachers in my my whole school <laughs> experience. Um, but yeah, you know, in terms of the system kind of crumbling astrologically that's exactly what's happening um, especially with pluto moving into aquarius there's like a whole new era that's that's coming and it's all about um developing more uh, more humanity right in our everyday life um how can we be more human and support each other's unique humanity and um and just develop systems that are actually sustainable and aren't just, um, tied to this linear, um, trajectory, um, trajectory. Okay. So,
0: yeah, what, what I love about, um, like what you said earlier was, you know, you mentioned school, it wasn't necessarily, you know, one of the best things you did learn from it, but you mentioned something specifically where you said, my life went uphill after school. So it's almost like mm-hmm. you became this, this beautiful, you, you blossomed, obviously, in terms of your creative spirit, allowing to to feel like you can be more you instead of feeling like that
1: so-called number. Absolutely. Um, you know, it was like I felt like a number, but I also felt like the biggest outcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was just weird, you know, compared to everybody around me. Um And it's not that I didn't have friends. It was just that um, I was just operating on a completely different level than everybody else. (laughs) And so obviously that creates feelings of alienation too. And that's heartbreaking, you know, Um, like nobody wants to feel like an exile, but um, that's kind of how it goes when you're, you know, operating on that different level. And that's the other thing about stepping into this new Aquarian age, actually, is that um, I think that we all are developing more of an understanding of our own inner exiles and how we can honor them and honor the the inner exile of people around us, you know, without shaming and without um, judging so hard. (laughs) Um, yeah, there's just gonna be much more space for understanding people's nuances and um, you know the little details that make them into the beautiful, unique people that they are. Of
0: course, and it almost seems like if you don't get, um, you know, if, you, if you're not keeping up with this new frequency, with this new way of, of moving forward, you're going to not only just get left behind, but you're gonna feel the ramifications of it hard and fast. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The
1: um, <laughs> yeah. yeah um i can definitely see the first first several years of this uh new era um i can see a lot of people that are in power for example grasping for their power really Really strongly and um you know there's going to be some destruction that comes with this new new age we're stepping into that's kind of the role of pluto is to alchemize yes. i <laughs> right. think
0: i i know i'm personally looking forward to this um i've had pluto in the fourth house for the last 15 years so i'm ready for some movement there
1: <laughs> yeah you are oh yeah <laughs> Um, have you
0: had Pluto impact any of your personal planets in the last few years
1: um well the last few years not necessarily um I've really just got a transpersonal planet and Capricorn and I don't I don't feel like that that connection is super strong on a personal level um, and it's going to be similar this year, actually. But Pluto's moving into my third house in Aquarius of you know communication, and I already feel the effects of that. Um, I feel this huge opening actually in my ability to communicate my my thoughts and feelings and ideas with the world, yeah. um, which is really excellent. And yeah, this this podcast is actually a perfect example of that. <laughs> I so that I'm so I'm glad on podcast here. before
0: but yeah <laughs> be on the brink of that so that means you're a Saj rising yeah yeah i can really see with your art um i guess the it's it's obviously art is, is admirable, you, you admire it, and you appreciate it, and it's very much subjective, but what I have noticed about like the art that I've, I've seen through your Instagram page, for instance, and um, your, your emails, that you're, I guess it's, it's interesting, you're, you're there to, to teach along with presenting art.
1: Yeah, it's such an important thing to me actually. Um, I'm as much a visual artist as I am a writer. (laughs) And, um, you know, I just feel like they are inextricably linked in my mind. They like, they have to go together. Um, Like the images are obviously incredibly powerful and can be interpreted in any way, um, which is beautiful. And I also like to just add in, you know, more of the symbolic breakdown and the experience of creating them and what I was moving through while creating them um, because that's what makes them talismanic. And I think it helps people relate to them even more. Um, I think that we're all, you know, we're all very connected in this web and um, what I'm experiencing, I just feel like it can be, it's shared by many other people even if it doesn't look exactly the same you know uh general themes are being shared
0: Mm -hmm. so fascinating um talk to me about your 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 journey in terms of your the big breakthrough that you had with getting your art because obviously like um I I've been learning alchemy for the last two years and I heard I can't remember who said it but some i'll have to think of it but they basically said that all art is useless and at an initial take like i could see your reaction it's like what do you mean that's useless obviously there's a purpose to it but you when you're creating your art you're not creating it thinking i'm going to do x y z with it and this is what's going to happen and you know you're not creating the 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 journey that the art will go on you're creating the art because, like I said earlier, like you're, you become the conduit and then the, 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 the energies start to speak through you and then your creativity brings that to life when you're in the mm-hmm. moment. But I'm particularly, I really would love to hear about when did you, I guess, step from creating art for yourself to creating art for the world?
1: Yes, great question. Um that actually all started with my celestial influence deck. Um before that I was sharing what I was creating on social media and things. Um but it wasn't until I started doing planetary magic that I mean I personally wanted visuals on my altar while I was, you know, in in ritual. And uh, to honor certain transits and aspects that were happening that were influencing me in my life. Um, But I created this huge body of work that was so powerful that I felt like it actually, it wasn't mine at all. It was like it belonged to the world. And um and belong to like all of the planetary magicians in the world, you know. <laughs> um, like I just needed to be out there, and so I just I just took the steps necessary. But um, it wasn't until like halfway through the creation process of that deck that I realized that it it needed to be more widely shared. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did start off for me, but it it ended like. Not for not for me at all.
0: <laughs> that's that's beautiful. And what sort of um response have you had from whether it be people you know or even like strangers, like you know strangers like me, um you know, responding to your art? How how, how does that feel? You know, from a because you seem to be very humble in your you know your manner. You're very um like I'm, I'm gonna say you're very feminine and 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 receptive. So how Did it feel to, you know, I guess claim that identity of being an artist, a creator, and and to own that titleship?
1: Yeah, um, it was definitely a little journey for me. It is, um, it was out of my comfort zone, let's say, to actually kind of be almost in the spotlight. (laughs) Uh, You know, having my work in... um, a lot of different stores all around the northwest and um other places in the country too and um being recognized actually um out and about that's kind of a crazy one for me (laughs) um but you know it for whatever reason for me it just feels also completely natural it's a great paradox it's uh it's is initially very uncomfortable like who am I to be like you know in people's spheres um you know (laughs) but also um it's like the work that I'm creating really actually kind of needs me to get it out into the world and so it's almost like I'm a a servant of my work yeah that makes sense
0: of course. It it does become like that. And the the work and the um the energies start to you start to see the synchronicities, I could say, you know, you could say through the works that you're creating, like you creating, like as you said earlier, your your first um card being, you know, the Aries on the full moon, and then you have an Aries moon, you're born under the full moon like sh- I can probably guarantee that you probably didn't time it like that per se
1: yeah no I really didn't um I didn't even think about the fact that I had an Aries moon in the chart it was just kind of like hey it's moon in Aries I might as well like make a a piece to honor this time and um and then all of a sudden it's like this magical talisman <laughs> yeah
0: which which of your cards is your favorite and and why you know it's like a mother having a favorite favorite child or your favorite pet you can, you're not supposed yeah. to but
1: <laughs> yeah well i think that my favorite i have i have a couple my favorite of the zodiac you know signs is the libra card and i am a libra but i think it's my favorite because i wove in some like Egyptian myth into it which is the the goddess Mot with her scales and you know the heart on one side and the feather on the other side Um, something about that image just like really hits home for me and um, I am fascinated with Egyptian mythology and um, thoughts about the afterlife and what that means and um, yeah something about that card was very you know, it's it's sensual too. Um, this figure is wearing like a red robe, and she's kneeling before an altar with this like scale coming out of her head. <laughs> it's like she's like reaching the heavens, yeah. Um, yeah, something about that card just really feels epic to me. Um, but I also really love the sun card, and this actually circles back to when I was a teenager. There was this. Um, this specific oak tree that I would go visit every day at sunset. And I'd climb, climb her all the way up to like her center. And she's, you know, probably like a 400 year old tree or older, humongous. (laughs) And, um, and so I really associated this tree with the sun because I would, I would be there every night at sunset and, you know, These beautiful pink rays were just like blasting me in this tree. And um, yeah, I mean, those were some of the most magical moments I've ever had. And it was, you know, very closely related to this solar component within myself. Um, And yeah, that image is just so, it's like archetypally beautiful um it just hits home somewhere in you and I think in everybody everybody who ever comes into contact with it is like kind of struck by its power you know and it's just incredibly fitting with the sun being the source of all creation all power um all inspiration really so
0: as as you're speaking, I can just imagine you like. Te- uh, do you teach art t- t- to young children, especially? I can see you
1: doing that. <laughs> I um I taught my stepdaughter Tara um art. We used to make art together all the time. Uh, now she's like a preteen and doesn't really want anything to do with me. But... <laughs> <laughs> There was a time that we were creating art every day together, and um, she's an incredible artist. You know, she makes some incredible stuff. She has an easel in her room and she's just painting uh, regularly, and it just touches me (laughs) so much. (laughs)
0: Because as as you're talking, like you're bringing your literal experience, your physical experience in nature, and then you're bringing that manifestation through your creativity. And I can see such a need in this world to inspire more people to to get out there. And um, what what I love is that you're using your experience to energetically bring that to life. Like there's something Mm -hmm. so calming, so soothing, yet inviting about that experience in itself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have visions of teaching art. Um, more and I'm actually I'm stepping into a new phase of my business which is teaching classes not necessarily art classes but all of these classes have a very creative component to them to kind of um, tap into that that inner creator that lives within all of us and I'm incredibly excited about that um, that feels like all of the elements um that have really touched me in my life, I'm able to kind of um, bridge them together and, um, you know, be of service in that way. And it feels just really, really good.
0: (laughs) It's beautiful because you're, you're really living that Sagittarius, you know, philosophical teacher role. You're, you're bringing that to life and that's really inspiring. And, and um, you know, to, to see that um, come to life, for you it's it's really admirable so so amazing that's incredible
1: thank you good things to come (laughs) yeah it feels really really good (laughs) actually I've never um thought of myself as a teacher before and um it's still a little bit uncomfortable you know it's probably uh on par with how it felt kind of becoming more popular as an artist But um, yeah, there's, there's something there that I need to explore. It's like I'm getting several signs from the universe that I need to just start, start teaching what I know and um, help, help other people discover really what they already know (laughs) Um, to just add more richness and meaning to their lives. Yeah.
0: And I think we've all experienced those nudges and they keep getting louder and louder (laughs) until eventually something really happens that you're in, you you know, you're almost forced into this new um, situation. And and it is expansive and and scary and exciting at the same time.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, all of those things for sure.
0: So good. Um, I've started the new year with a new um, ritual on my podcast where I ask the previous guest to uh, um, ask some questions for the new guest, not -hmm. knowing who they'll be. (laughs) So I'd love to um, ask you, Based, um, this is a question from Christina Hollinger, who's a feng shui expert, and she asked to ask you what... Where where your north node is and where is your Venus sign? So lovely.
1: yeah, actually they are both in the sign of Scorpio in my 12th house. <laughs> wow And um Jupiter is actually conjunct Venus there. Um so there's a lot of action in Scorpio, in my 12th house. Um and yeah, I feel that very, very strongly. I have felt that strongly throughout my life. <laughs> I've also
0: got a 12th house stellium. So I, I understand um, w- when you mentioned some of the, th- the things you experienced during high school, I think I resonate with that. And you now you could say even as an adult, it can be difficult to manage certain situations and, and relationships that you're you're forced to engage with, from a 12th mm. house
1: perspective. Absolutely. I really value my alone time. You know, like almost more than everything yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the, I mean that's really where the magic happens for me is when I'm able to be kind of clear of other people's energy and um, just presence and I'm able to kind of tap into something a little deeper within myself mm-hmm. um, yeah that's where the magic happens for sure
0: of course and, and what's interesting about that is you know while I'm like I'm not coming from a place of judgment but sitting on the phone or watching a TV show or watching a movie whilst you may be alone you're not necessarily alone alone because you're still mm-hmm. ingesting and digesting and receiving information but it's when you're truly alone away from technology you know in your own space i think that's where the magic happens
1: yes yes on point for sure so
0: on that note I would love and I know I'm putting you on the spot here but I'm pretty sure you you're you're very um capable in in creating a question can you please ask a question for my next guest not knowing who they'll be
1: okay let's see um I guess maybe I'd ask, um, what is your favorite symbol right now? And what does it mean to you? That's a really good question.
0: I love that. That's a very um, insightful one. It can go either way. <laughs>
1: it's, it's <laughs> That's my, my inner artist coming out. <laughs>
0: um, I was supposed to interview my husband before you, but we've had to um, uh, uh, rearrange um our uh, schedule, and so if I were to ask him that question, he's he's a drummer, <laughs> and so if I were to ask him which symbol is his favorite, he's probably going to be very literal.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. That <laughs> would be literal. Just go for it, you know. Oh, Whatever the question takes you. <laughs> good.
0: Now I'd I'd love to hear for some of our listeners. Um, what what works do you have um happening at the moment? Where can they find you? Where to from here
1: for your creative? Yeah. Um, right. I am currently making a new altar card deck and <laughs> it is all about the alchemical process. And um I actually had an incredible insight the other day as I was making a piece that I thought was unrelated, I was creating a um, a painting to honor the goddess Inanna who has been just like showing up in my sphere all over the place. Um, I didn't really know why, but <laughs> as soon as I started creating this piece, it was really clear to me that it actually wanted to be a part of this alchemy set. And that got my wheels turning and um, I'm now feeling like um, I'm going to represent each step of alchemy with um, just kind of like the archetypal symbols, you know, the traditional symbols, but also with a piece um, that correlates to a goddess and another piece that I think correlates to like a another mythological figure. I'm not really sure I'm not yet, but... Um, yeah, I kind of want to tie in the goddess energy with um the alchemical journey because so many of these myths are so alchemical, you know? Um like Anana, for example, she literally goes through the seven gates of the underworld <laughs> and comes back to heaven a more integrated being, right? Um and I just love that so much, and I just feel like there are there are like hundreds of goddesses that have, you know, this this alchemical nature to them that I want to explore. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and I'm also I just released a Patreon account, and people can find me there and support my work there. That's also where I am going to be teaching classes. And um, there's another tier where you get a print every month from me that honors the the sun's journey into, you know, the current sign of the zodiac and the new moon of the month. Um, And yeah, that has been an incredible journey for me. I'm really, really enjoying it.
0: It, it seems like you're um, you're you're busy in your creative element, and it's so important to hone in on those nuances and those nudges that you're getting, because you know the, the magic really is on the other side of that. Oh yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah. And you know, for me, like I said, I kind of need to be um, I need to be alone and in quiet in order to hear those nudges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I know create your own little forest. <laughs> exactly. That's actually something I'm weaving into my Patreon is um creative space sessions. So people can can come, but you know, it's not necessarily to engage with each other. It's really just to devote an hour of time to whatever it is your creative spirit wants to explore. <laughs> And um, I just I know how valuable that time is. And I know that a lot of people have a really hard time um, not getting distracted, you know, and really just devoting time to that. Um, so yeah, that's something I'm offering there that I feel really, really valuable.
0: Mm-hmm. I know I could benefit from that. It's a but one of my oh, yeah. struggles at the moment it's to to shut off and mm-hmm. and and I know it's it's so important for for my own well being um, because I know that and like you when you recharge you're able to to serve more and and give more to others but you cannot oh, yeah. from an empty cup literally
1: absolutely and something about the creative process actually gives you more energy you know like when you're creating it's like you're generating more energy to create more yeah. <laughs> and it's incredible you know uh, I think that's that's actually how I'm able to do as much as I do um because I I shock myself sometimes with how like productive <laughs> in my creativity um you know it's it's really incredible and it's because I give myself ample time to do that,
0: that was- it becomes um, addictive um, on a personal note. And then um, from a community perspective, it becomes a little bit contagious. Like me hearing mm-hmm. that from you, I go, well, I want a part of that. And in, in my own realm, you know, from my own perspective and, you know, in my own world. So that's, um, it's it's so needed. And um, I guess the, the way forward is to go back, <laughs> to retreat. Yeah.
1: exactly. I love that yeah
0: I really genuinely Anna thank you for your time um the listeners can find you on Instagram um was it Anna's Breath
1: yeah Anna's Breath um I also have a website uh that's annasbreath.art and you can sign up for my email list if you want to hear more from me um and like I said I'm on Patreon also just at Anna's Breath
0: Amazing. So be, be sure to check out um, Anna's work. It's going to be worth your while because it's so, um, like I said, so receptive. And so you, it'll, it'll just take you on your own inner journey to, to what, um, you know, each process and each um, element and archetype means to you. So thank mm-hmm. you, Anna, for your time and your energy. And I wish you all the best in your creative endeavors. And I'm sure we'll be hearing um, a lot more from you and your work
1: absolutely thank you so much for having me it's been really really nice
0: thank you wherever you're listening from if you can give us a review and a five-star rating that would be so helpful in supporting this podcast if this episode lights you up and inspires you then please make sure that you share this podcast and make sure that you tag me on instagram i am beyond grateful and so blessed to call this work it just means so much Together we will learn and grow. Staying anchored in your heart means staying anchored to
1: your humanity. All my love, Natasha.